Hey, Brittany. Hey, Ansley. How's your Tuesday? It's great. I've had several appointments already this morning, so I, my favorite part of today was uh, getting to come visit with you. Oh, really? That's so interesting that you say that because I was just about to ask you what your favorite part of today is. Talking to you. Let's start this podcast with a po- like a super positive thing. Like what's a really cool or positive thing that's happened to you in the past three days? Like something that you were just like, this is really cool. It doesn't have to be real estate related at all. Just and it doesn't have to be a big thing. I think the coolest thing that's happened to me recently has been the uh, organic uh, clientele that we've seemed to be building in terms of people uh, trusting us and telling us that they feel like we're honest and that we have a very um, high integrity for what we do. I've had a, a lot of people recently tell me that in the last couple of days, and that seems to be confirming the path that we're on. It seems to be a message to say, hey, this is uh, this is what you should be doing. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I love that. I love that affirmation of like what you're doing. It's very hard with the stress of this business to like look past that good stuff and only absorb the stress. And so. that's like, no, you're exactly right. I think that's why it's been so neat and such a big deal because so much of what we do, there's so much negativity, even if it's not, even if we're not directly in control of that, you know, there can sometimes be a negative aspect of buying or selling a house. And I think a lot of times people don't realize like it's not just us opening the door to, you know, 50 different houses and showing houses all the time. There's just a lot of uh, work that goes into getting you into your dream home. And I think having, you know, some recent um, confirmation that we're on the right path has been, has really been really positive for me because we don't get that a lot. You know, we tend to only hear about the negative, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Great answer. Um, (laughs) My answer is not as good as yours. Um, I was just going to talk about the fact that one of my chickens is sitting on fertilized duck eggs and they're growing. I love that. And I look at them inside the egg. Like I look at them probably every day, once a day, because I'm so freaking fascinated by these eggs because I can, you can actually see with a flashlight, you can see the baby duck swimming around in this egg. And It's just been like this really weird, like if I need something to just be warm and fuzzy about, I just like go and sit in a closet with this egg. And um... (laughs) (laughs) of course you do, Ansley Rimmer. (laughs) That's of course, that's what you do is go sit in a closet with a a duck egg that your chicken is is fertilizing and whatever it's called. Of course, that's what you do to make yourself feel warm and fuzzy (laughs) because I would expect no less from you. Well, anyway, I'm really excited. They're going to be hatching in a couple of weeks, hopefully, if all goes according to plan. But so will this will this chicken raise them? Like as I'm hoping a- so. I've read that they will. I mean, if that actually happens, like, I don't know if I'm going to survive the level of cuteness that I'm going to be dealing <laughs> the with. The level of joy basis. that Ansley's going to have on a daily basis when she's like, I'm going to have chickens. to take off work. Like, people are going to be like, where's Ansley? And I'm going to yeah. be sitting in a kiddie pool with baby duckling. We are not. We're not going to be that happy, y'all. Just kidding. <laughs> She's joking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just know that. She will still work for you while she's yeah, holding I'll her duck work. eggs. I'll just be sitting in a kiddie pool with baby ducks working. You won't know that, but. That's right. I, I will, that's what I'll be doing. So, but, yeah. So, yeah, this is Sell It, Sister. This is, uh, this is the first episode of hopefully an ongoing podcast hosted by myself, Ansley Rimmer, and. Brittany Shepard. Um, and we're just here to break down uh, the world of real estate while also hopefully giving people an interesting glimpse into the lives of a couple gals that sell a lot of real estate. 
That's the point is to <laughs> let some people into what our daily lives are like, but also, you know, inform people on what it's like to buy and sell. And in my opinion, talk about a, a lot about our local market and talk about Shreveport Bossier and what it has to offer. And I mean, I want people to know, obviously, information about buying and selling and all the nuances that go with that. But also want to talk about us and, and our daily lives and basically, you know, how we sell so much real estate and, and what we do to keep our clients happy, you know? This is our therapy. It is. This, is. this is our therapy. We've got our producer, my husband, Chris Rimmer, in the room with us to um, intervene whenever we need an unbiased third third party point of view. Um, and to bring us back on track whenever, yeah. you know, he's kind of there to be our uh, gatekeeper, I think, too. I, I agree. Yeah. So... This is our therapy. This is our our time that Brittany and I, you know, as much work as we do together and as often as we talk to one another, we actually rarely see each other. That's true. Because when we have free time, a lot of times we would rather be spending that little time that we have with our families. Right. Our children um, and our husbands, obviously, or, you know, what makes our world go round. And even though, obviously, I love hanging out with Chris and Ansley, and I know they love hanging out with me and Wes, it's really uh, cool to be able to sit down and talk about real estate related stuff. I just want y'all to know that this microphone wants to be in my boobs. <laughs> like it's just eventually going to get there. I'm sorry. I keep putting it back. Let me see if I can fix it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So, uh, Brittany just said the boob thing and I don't <laughs> know, know what we said before that. We were talking about our, um, husbands and how they're... We were just talking about how this oh. is therapy because like we don't ever get to like just hang out sometimes and talk about real yeah. estate because, or anything in general, a lot of times when we talk, it's always work related and we actually are really good friends and actually have a lot in common. And so it's really cool to be able to have this time with y'all to just talk about, you know, daily lives and what's going on in real estate, but also um, be able to be with you guys in person because we don't get to do that a lot. So... Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. We we kind of wanted to take this first episode to just kind of give you guys a glimpse into where we came from and um, why we do what we do. So why don't we start with you, Brittany? Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about just like your childhood and where you grew up and and whatever else you want to say? Okay, yeah. I um my maiden name is Sanders. So I'm Brittany. Sanders Shepard. I was born and raised in Shreveport. I have a younger brother named Colton, and I have, uh, that's the only sibling I have. We grew up in South Shreveport, and I have always loved the Shreveport Bossier area. I currently live in Benton, which is, you know, Bossier Parish, right north of Bossier City. And we've always been sister cities. So we've always had the benefit of, you know, going back and forth between Shreveport Bossier because all that separates us is the Red River. So, you know, I grew up really having a um, connection to this area. My grandparents were um, here, you know, for years and years and years. They traveled and settled here uh, back in the 60s, and they've just always, um, you know, kept a presence here. So I grew up, I went to, um, I graduated high school in 2000, and I went to uh, Louisiana Tech University, where I majored in uh, pre-law and English. And got a couple minors there. And then I went to LSU uh, Law School from 2004 to 2007. Graduated from there in 07 and came back up here to start my practice. And I was able to uh, get a clerkship at the 26th Judicial District Court, which is in Bossier and Webster Parishes. And learned a lot from um, my experience there. And then I moved into private practice and was able to uh, primarily do oil and gas law, land usage rights, and, um, you know, dabbled in family law and contractual negotiations, stuff like that, to uh, kind of give me a good background um, into, you know, real estate, which is a whole nother ballgame. But I did that for about nine years and just really found that my whole life I had decided from the time that I was 15 that I was going to be a lawyer. And while I enjoyed that uh, field and really got some great use and knowledge for, you know, just any field that you go into in the future, law is always a good background. But um, just found that I wasn't really personally fulfilled 
in that genre and felt like I was being called to do something else and to relate to people in a different way. And I love people. I love being around people. I love meeting new people. I love learning about their culture, what they do. I love everything about people. And so I wasn't really getting that fulfillment um, from practicing law that I thought I would get. And so about 2014, um, about seven years in, I started to feel like I had a different purpose and um, had my first child in 2014. Charlie is um, my son. He's five. And um, after I had him, I took a few months off and, you know, went back to work in 2015 and just didn't have a passion for it anymore. I didn't feel like, um, you know, they say that having children changes you. And when you start to think about the world that you are leaving for your kids, you want to make a bigger impact. And I didn't think that I could do that in the field that I was in. So I um, had Charlie in 2014 and started really getting serious about real estate in 2015. Um, but my all my friends and my family thought that I was psycho to um, basically work seven years for a degree that I literally wanted to change careers to become a realtor for something that I got an online license in 30 days. So um, it was pretty, pretty big job. My dad didn't talk to me for two months, um, but it was obviously the right decision. And that goes back to just knowing kind of when you trusting your intuition and your gut for when you feel like there's something uh, bigger and better for you, not just in terms of uh, money or, or, you know, re uh, what's the word recognition, but just being able to make a better impact. And so I started full time in real estate in 2016. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But I had my second child, a daughter, in 2017, that's Murphy McRae. So I have a five-year-old little boy named Charlie and a three-year-old little girl named Murphy McRae. And uh, Wes and I got married in 2012. And um, we have been, you know, local Shreveport Bossier ever since, you know, ever <laughs> since. So, um, but that's a little bit about me. What about you, girlfriend? Tell me about your life. Oh, um, I was born also born in Shreveport. Uh, I was, I grew up in a little, well, I spent the first uh, few years of my life in a little two bedroom, one bath house in Broadmoor on Pennsylvania. And when my uh, middle sister was born, we very quickly outgrew that little house and then moved down to kind of the town south area of Shreveport. Um, and uh, we were there. My parents still live there, still live in that neighborhood. They've changed houses, but literally right around the corner from where we spent the majority of our lifetime. Um, fun fact, the first house that we moved to over in town south on Galway, I actually had the really cool experience of having the two really good friends of mine purchase that house less than two years ago. Which was really, really exciting getting to revisit that house and getting to uh, to know I get to go to there. Like I go there, I mean, and it's really cool every too, now like and then. Like I get to, I get to go and hang out there. I was just there one night last week. I went over there to help her uh, with some stuff. And you but, can see it through like your young eyes too, because it's yes. like you were like four or something or five yes. or six, and you're like, oh, this room was it. And then you go back as an adult, and it's so much smaller so than you thought it was. Like I remember when I went back to my first house off of Overlook in South Shreveport. It's a little three bedroom, one bath, and I walked through it several, you know, twenty years later, mm -hmm. and I was like, this house is so much smaller yeah. than I thought and it was. And the one on Galway, I mean, it's a big house it's a four bedroom um two bath house like almost two thousand square feet like it's not a small house by any stretch no but like it just seeing it through your adult eyes it, yeah like i remember the hallway that went from my bedroom to my parents door being such a daunting hallway that like me too at night, that's like exactly walking down the hallway and realistically it's eight feet long that's exactly <laughs> like it's so weird that you said that because that's exactly what happened to me it's like the one thing that I took away from that was psyching myself up as a four-year-old to like run across yes. to my parents room and it's literally like four feet you know yeah. but back then I was like okay Brittany you can do it like giving myself yeah. a pep talk yeah. like you you know it was literally like half a second yeah. so I think that's so crazy but so you grew up in town south so I grew up in town south um 
I went to elementary school over there and went to Uri Drive Middle School. And then I went to Captain Tree for a couple years. And then I transferred to Magnet um, for my junior and senior year, mainly because Captain Tree just didn't really. um, I went through a kind of a weird, uh, not to get all whatever. I'm sure we're going to get all whatever at some point in this podcast. (laughs) But I had a a bullying experience over there. And it just it kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what? I, there's no reason for me to be at this school. Like I can't even, I was at the time I was doing some arts programs, some just like Caddo Parish arts programs um, that were being hosted at Magnet. And I was just like, there's nothing for me here. Like there's not even like a choir, like there's a drama club. There's a, not even, there's nothing here for me anyway. When your outlet has always, you've always been very creative. You've always been an artist in some form or fashion. So I hope, hopefully Magnet gave you the opportunity yeah. to be your creative, natural self, you know? Yeah, Magnet was a definitely a different experience altogether. Um, but yeah, so after, so I went to Magnet, graduated from Magnet. Um, I was a theater, I started, studied musical theater in college at Northwestern State University down in Natchitoches. Um, I was looking like at several different out-of-state um schools but um just ended up falling in love with the theater department down there um so yeah and i was very close it was very nice i i came home often which in hindsight was probably really really good for me to be able to just if i wanted to just go home on a tuesday night i could be back that night and like whatever so that was really nice but it kept my family close um i have a younger i have um i mentioned my middle sister but i do have a third sister. I'm the oldest of three girls. Um, I, uh, after college, I did, uh, I did a summer in professional theater and that story is for another episode. But after that, I uh, had my first experience with my band and we played music together for about seven years and we traveled everywhere. Um, I've been, there's not many places I haven't been in the United States. I haven't really spent a lot of time in a lot of places because usually we were driving through, pulling up to the venue, unloading and leaving. But um, it was a very cool experience. Um, I would love to relive that again, like even in my mind, just as my older self too. Yeah. <laughs> so like really pay attention, you know, because it's just so go, go, go. Um, that's yeah. also, is that also how you met your husband? No, actually. Well, my husband was always in bands. I've been, I mean, I've I've had a crush on Chris Rimmer for a really, really long time. Longer, about three years longer than he's known me. But he... Uh, before he even knew you existed? Because that even makes it better. Yes, before he knew I existed. Um, he is pretty cute. I know y'all we, can't see him, but he is pretty... You should have seen him in a skin-tight tank top and mm-hmm. little 17-year-old skinny jeans with hair down to his... Pecs. Pecs. Ooh, nice. You didn't need to see that. (laughs) We might post a picture of, that could be one of our uh, Instagram posts for this this podcast episode. We'll post a photo. We'll include a bonus shot of Tyler Reed, Chris Rimmer. I want that. And I want one from Ansley when she, when y'all were, you know, super water uh, or hydrogen child. I want them to see y'all in your glory from your band days, from your music days. (laughs) We've got a few. We've got a few. Um, but yeah, so uh, we did that for a long time um, towards the end of the band, which I mean, we never really broke up as a band. It just things changed for a lot of us. A couple of us had gotten engaged. A couple of us were. Um, Chris wasn't in our band until its last two to three years, but that was really fun. So we were already a thing before that happened. And if there was ever a time for a couple to realize that they are not meant for each other it would have been that Traveling time so we would have figured in close quarters <laughs> we would have figured that out really quickly my whole band thought it was nuts they're like um you really want your boyfriend to be really are you sure yeah because a lot of people like, that's like kind of taboo right like totally yeah. well i was like well sh- i mean if we find out over the course of being in a band together that we're not supposed to be together then so, so be, be it. it like yeah. you know 
But, but it uh, had the opposite effect, obviously, yeah, because you're married did. now with you're the kid. You're gonna find out if you're compatible. Yeah, you're one gonna way find or another, out one way or sooner or later. You know. Yeah, or like if you care. If well, to me, it kind of cut the bullshit out for y'all. Y'all don't have to go through like the whole, you know, right. is he a liar? Is he? Because you're like together twenty four seven, so you know what he's doing, right? So right. it's like I can trust this man. <laughs> yeah, I can trust this man. Um, I still like him when he smells. He still likes me when I smell. Um, he doesn't think it's weird if I like haven't gotten to shave my legs for like several weeks because I literally haven't had a real shower. I've been washing my armpits in Walmart sinks. Like if you have somebody who love you like that, that means you keep, you keep them. <laughs> that, that is the golden ticket right there. That is the answer. Cause that's pretty impressive. So y'all moved back to Shreveport or decided to settle back in Shreveport. What around like 2014 or yeah, we 20. 20- 13, 2014. Y'all decided we to- got married in 2014. Okay. Um, so, and we had been spending a lot. I mean, we had been done touring for a, mi- a while at that point. We were playing little shows here and there. Um, but I was just ready for something. Um, and oddly enough, like my guitarist, who I'm still very good friends with, I probably speak with him at least on a weekly basis, but he like, this is kind of a seg- segue into our next topic. Um, but he, for like the past, the last year of us touring, he just kept telling me to get my real estate license. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And his reasoning was like, but if you got your real estate license, you could like make a lot of money and you could like support the band. <laughs> not you could make a lot of money and like support your family. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with your husband and your kids or any of or buying a house of your own. It's like, you could, you could finance the band but i literally i would say to him clyde if i'm gonna like if i'm gonna work really hard and make money like it's gonna be really hard for me to spend money (laughs) on other things like you know so but he literally like drilled that and drilled that and drilled that into my head um which is so crazy to me because obviously you've been so successful at it and I think that, you know, he must have had like a premonition or something that this would be a good, a good fit for you based off of your personality and, you know, knowing who you are as a person, because obviously just as close as you got to Chris in those quarters, you and Claude, I'm sure got really close. And for him to be like, this mm-hmm. is the the avenue or the field that you should go into, you know, and mm-hmm. you've done so well, like, well, thank you, Claude. I appreciate you yeah, doing thanks, that. I <laughs> uh, love you, Claude. Um, but yeah, so that just kind of segues us in. Um, I got, I ended up. Chris and I got married in 2014 and I was pregnant, uh, with our first and only son, um, in like March of 2016. So, um, throughout that pregnancy, I just kind of, for about three months out of the pregnancy, I just was like, I guess I'll get my license because we are poor and (laughs) I I'm about to have a baby and we're going to need some money. And so maybe I should just do what Claude's telling me and just get my license and see what happens. Um, so Brittany, you, uh, you've already kind of touched on this, but you, you, you just felt like you needed something different. And like, what made you feel like real estate was the answer? Like what, why that, you know, like, just like Clyde told you that you should get your license. I'd had several people, you know, over the years tell me, you'd be a great realtor. Like you just, you have a very, um, you're very personable. Um, you really like people. And I loved houses and I loved looking at houses and just like mm-hmm. every realtor all, in town. in the world. <laughs> and what's funny is now I don't even really show houses anymore. Right. That's what's so funny. But I don't, I didn't at the time because every person as, and this is a whole nother episode of if you should or should not get into real estate, that will be a whole nother topic because Ainsley and I have so many people that contact us about becoming a realtor. And what I would say about that is it is not just going to look at houses. So please, no. But that's why I thought that it would be a good fit for me. I I just had always thought that it would be a unique way for me to meet more people. And honestly, like I was tired of being behind a desk. I was tired of being in an office all day. And I thought that real estate would be a really cool because there's so many different like balls that you juggle when you're a realtor. You know, there's there's prospecting, there's making sure and taking care of the clients that you do have under contract. And then there's also maintaining relationships and and getting other new business, you know, so, so there's a lot of different avenues that you, you know, on a daily basis. And so I thought it would be a cool 
way to not be tied behind a desk all day, you know, but also to, to, you know, meet new people, which is what I told you. I love learning about cultures and learning about different, uh, people and where they are in their life. And so that's why I thought that real estate would be a good, uh, a good segue for me. And two, I had this really cool legal background where I had done a lot of contracts and knew a lot about the law. And so I thought it would be a good, uh, a good fit for me. Yeah. So I started in 2016. I started in January of 2016. And when did you get your license? December. Uh, nope. That was when Roscoe was born. I got my license. I want to say I completed the course like in in like maybe early November of 2016. Okay. So we both got licensed in 2016? Yeah, no, we just figured out that the other day. That's right. Because I did. was always just like, Brittany's two years ahead of me. Both show. <laughs> no, girl. I got mine and I'm only like eight months ahead of you. Um, but so then we started, I started in 2016 and I was at a different broker when I first started. Um, had a mentor that was at that brokerage that I just absolutely loved and owe a lot of my um, uh, success, I feel like, to her. She was like a, a mother to me. Um, I call her my real estate mama. And um, in 2017, I joined um, the brokerage that we're at now and was uh, funnily, uh, funnily, I did not edit that, <laughs> edit that out. Do not ever say, funny enough is what I meant to say. Um, I, it was another agent that brought Ansley to me in 2017. And uh, t- we can tell that story a little bit if you want, because you were at another brokerage. Yeah, I was at another brokerage. Brittany and I actually had a conversation pretty early on in our careers. Like, I think I'd been licensed for a few months. We did a little deal together that unfortunately never closed. It was a contingency and um, my clients never sold their house. Um, that's right. But we got together. We That's the first time we ever talked. And shortly after that, Brittany called me randomly one day because her aunt, who just so happens to be very, very, very good friends with my mom, reached out to her and Brittany was like, okay, cool. Y'all yeah, call her. Sure. And so, um, we had a conversation. I remember it. I was sitting in my, my, a, a different aunt's driveway. I was sitting <laughs> in my aunt Amy's driveway. I don't remember why, but I know that's where I was. It's not weird that I can remember where exactly where I was. Sometimes that's that the cool part when you can yeah. remember exactly what you're wearing or what you, I just you remember know. where I was. I was swimming at my aunt's and I had gotten in my car like to leave and you called me. So I sat there and had a conversation with you. But anyway, um, so yeah, I just kind of, uh, I, I, at the time, at that time I declined. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, I'll think about it, but I really, you know, want to give this smaller brokerage a, 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 a chance, you know? And then a few months later, a different agent from Remax reached out to me. And she actually, at that time, I was just in the mental state to go, yeah, sure, I'll come talk to you. So um, anyway, I ended up at Remax and I ended up working um, for Brittany there, even though technically I didn't come and have a sit down meeting because of Brittany, but I kind of did because Brittany did reach out to me long before that. But we go into a lot of detail about this situation um, in another episode. I think it's going to be episode three, if I'm not mistaken. It's a really neat story. So circle back when y'all listen to the next, um, when you go to the next It'll be out in a couple of weeks. It's really fun. Brittany, you wear earrings. Oh my gosh, I love my earrings, girlfriend. I don't really wear a whole lot of earrings because they annoy me. Most of the time, (laughs) they really annoy me. Like, I'm envious of people that can walk around with these earrings that are like hanging down like to their boobs. And I'm like, I want to wear those earrings. But I'm like, how? How do you do that? Like, I have a toddler, I have this, I have that. Like, where do you get cute earrings? That are lightweight. I mean, do you feel the same way about your earrings and your jewelry? Oh or are you kind of like, whatever, girl, I'm going to put the shiniest, gaudiest thing on my ears possible. Well, even if I was going to put the shiniest, gaudiest earrings in my ears, <laughs> I'm going to make sure that they were locally made or I'm going to make sure that they used good quality products because it is important when you have something kind of heavy hanging from your ears and you know that it's not damaging your ear. It's from a good local uh, vendor. I, th- I think it feels really good when you are on someone's website and you are buying a product for them and you know, like, this is going to this person's small business. Like, this Absolutely. is going to this person's dream. And uh, even better, it doesn't matter where you are in the United States, 
anybody can support this business, I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, her name is Courtney, and her business is called Courtney Jane Handmade. She makes these gorgeous, lightweight clay. She uses clay a lot in her earrings. Um, she also uses resin. You can see her stuff uh, on her Instagram page at Courtney Jane Handmade. Um, so that's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y Jane, J-A-N-E handmade that's her instagram her etsy is courtney jane handmade it's all one word you can see all her stuff there i can't wait for you guys to see what she's done Brittany. you're gonna love it she does like everything from little rainbows she also you Brittany loves a theme i love a theme courtney does <laughs> mardi gras theme any if you want to do a custom pair where you're like hey go tigers let's do some purple and gold earrings courtney is all about you choosing the palette, choosing the design, and like her making you something that's truly one of a kind. And I love that because I know that they're lightweight and you can still have that effect when you walk into the room of having earrings down to your boobs and everybody going, <laughs> holy crap, where'd you get those? And they're like, are those heavy? And you're like, no, nah, girl, they, they light and they look good and they don't hurt. And everybody's like, where you get those? And we're like, Corny Jane Handmade, girl, get you some. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> So, Courtney is from Shreveport. Uh, she is here to really give your ears their best life. And if you go to her Instagram and order through there, or if you go to her Etsy shop, Courtney Jane Handmade, in the promo code section, if you write sell it sister 15, you can get 15% off. Um, and that's pretty badass. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, Courtney Jane Handmade, uh, go check her out. She's awesome. So now that we've talked about just kind of how we got into real estate and why, why don't we talk about just our briefly touch on our first experiences buying homes of our own? Okay. Brittany, I believe you weren't licensed either time. No, I actually built both of my houses. And so I was not licensed in 2009 and I was not licensed in 2014 when we built our current house. But I was also not licensed when I sold my first house. And so that was really kind of the kicker in 2014 because it wasn't about buying so much uh, for me as it was selling the house that we had built in 20, uh, 2009 in 2014. And I had kind of a sour experience with the realtor um, at that point because I didn't know any better. I wasn't educated on how it worked. I wasn't educated on how they were paid. I wasn't educated on a broker and a realtor and all the nuances that go with that. And so that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. And that's when I really started leaning more towards um, getting my realtor's license because I didn't know, I just wasn't educated and I didn't know who to ask um, to educate me, you know, without feeling like I owed somebody something for that, for that knowledge. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And, and um, it, it ended up being a really great experience because it's what spurred me on to going ahead and getting my realtor's license because that was in November of 2014. And I got licensed January of 16. It took me a little while to jump on, but once I did, I knew it was the right path for me. So for me, I would say that, you know, looking back on the two times that I built, I wish that I would have had um, a realtor to advise me on who to use as a builder, to walk me through the process of picking things out, different subcontractors, different subcontractors, because a lot of what a realtor does, yes, is the act of buying and selling, but we also, the good ones, maintain a relationship with a lot of the people in town from anywhere from builders to subcontractors to home inspectors to lenders. And so I would have, if I had had a trusted realtor to advise me through that, I feel like it would have been a different scenario. So um, that's one of the main goals for me in 2014 when that happened was to get my real estate license because I'd had kind of a negative experience both times that I had built. And then also um, because when I went to go sell that first time, it was not easy. So um, but anyway, but that's me. What about you? Tell me about your first experience buying a home. My first experience, I also was not licensed. It was in 2014. We had a super tight budget and a super great lender that helped us get kind of creative as far as how to make it happen. And we didn't have a clue how anything worked. And we looked at a bunch of different houses with a bunch of different agents. And 
were not connected to either to any agents really. Um, Chris had a family member who was in real estate. I mean, even having a family member, even she never was like, hey, guys, do you know how this works? Do you know how this works? Never. It's like, so on one end, you know, I feel bad about the fact that nobody got paid commission when I bought my house. Then again, if there was a commission involved, we probably wouldn't have been able to get like the price point where we needed it in particular. Don't be confused about that. The The idea that you can get the best deal possible without an agent is completely false. That's true. In our particular instance, it just so happened that we wouldn't have been able to get that house. So um, we were just very, very tight, very tight budget. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we, you know, I wish I could somehow like blast out an apology letter to every agent that ever showed us a house. Um, but as an agent, it is your responsibility to tell your clients to educate them. how this works. I mean, anytime I met with somebody when I used to work for Zillow, which was when, you know, as opposed to now, when people reach out to me, they're reaching out to me for a reason versus when I was working with Zillow, I was having strangers reach out to me wanting to look at houses. So that's totally different. But when you meet with a stranger, when you meet with someone who doesn't know you from Adam, like you have to educate this person, like tell this person that you know, tell them how it works and tell them that they have the right to choose their agent, of course, but tell them, look, if you like me, if you want to work with me, work with me, right? work with me and only me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you tell them and it still doesn't make a difference, but how are you ever going to make a difference or hold a client if you don't educate them on how things work? So um, anyway, so yeah, so I saw several houses with several agents and um, ended up getting able to get ours. It was a for sale by owner. And we were, uh, we were under contract for a long time, but neither of us knew <laughs> that it took too long. Um, we were just happy to close, uh, in hindsight, I would have done a lot of things different, but I mean, you know, we lived in a great house for five years. Um, and actually that house just, uh, went pending a couple of days ago, which is really neat that I get to be in the process of that as well. But uh, our second house, the one that we live in currently, uh, we just closed on it in February and similar situation. It was an, you know, an older house, great bones, but just needs some TLC probably over the years. Um, but we were, uh, we fell in love with this one and we were able to get really creative because I couldn't, it was just an interesting situation that I can you know, elaborate a little bit more on in a different episode when we talk about maybe like taxes and things like mm -hmm. that and like the what that means. We'll yeah. talk about all that boring stuff. Um, that's not actually boring and you really need to know about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, because I am, I have the experience that I have, I was able to get creative and get us into this house. Um, even before we closed, and, you know, we can we can get creative with you, too. You know, that's right. it's that's not a just cool thing. It's it's not, that experience having experience only gives you more knowledge on how to get creative when you need to be. Well, I mean, I remember in 07, you know, talking to people as an attorney about their mortgages and had never had a mortgage. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. like it does make a difference when like your agent has been through a unique experience when it comes to getting a mortgage and qualifying and knowing different ways to be creative. So I think that's a really cool experience. that's going to help you in the future with our career, you know? Yeah. So that's cool. absolutely. So we're living in some weird times. Another thing that I feel like a lot of people have done during quarantine is become plant people. I love <laughs> I'm it. I'm included. Yeah. I've never had the time to deal with plants. And for like three months there, I suddenly had the time and I wanted to just adorn my house with plants uh, because I feel like plants are really special and surrounding yourself with nature is really good for um, you some of that oxygen girl. Yeah, it's, it's really just... <laughs> good for your for your well-being. It mean, is. Green is a very happy color. Um, so I wanted to take a second to talk about a locally owned business that they've been actually uh, around for a while, but um, they finally have just opened their online market and they are called Sun Green Thumb. 
and it is two uh, two friends of mine. Um, they kind of started as a lawn and landscaping business, uh, but their true passion resides in propagation and urban farming. Um, so, so we are cool. going to have them on the show yes. sooner than later to talk about how we can benefit our um, society and our community by buying maybe some of these like small vacant lots in the area and turning them into community uh, gardens. They're that very, very passionate about urban farming. They're very smart. They're very knowledgeable. Um, they have lots of other services, landscaping and uh, lawn and things like that. But their biggest launch is their new store. So if you go to sungreenthumb.com, that's sun, like the sun in the sky, S-U-N, green, like the color green, thumb, like the thumb on your hand, sungreenthumb.com if you make a purchase of $50 or more which is very easy to do if you're a plant person like me yes. the numbers add up if you uh, make a purchase of $50 or more you get a free shirt a free sun green thumb shirt um, it's in our Instagram page I've posted it uh, it's a really freaking cool shirt and designed locally as well and I own one my husband owns one very cool shirt but it's just a way to support a local business and then be a walking advertisement for that business so yeah girl um, I'm on sungreenthumb.com <laughs> right now I'm like oh I'm ordering that but he's like dang I'm maybe I want to be a plant I'm like oh look at these day lilies I'm like oh they're <laughs> yellow and they white and they pink and I'm liking it Ooh. and they were like these people know their plants like you are guaranteed you're going to get a healthy plant and if you need to know how to care for this plant they're going to tell you how to care for this plant I, mean, so. I want this Louisiana purple iris right get now get it honey I'm like, I'm like, mm, limited availability I'm going to purchase all yes, of them y'all ain't going to be I'll get none. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Sun Green Thumb, support local, uh, support people who are trying to, you know, move our community forward via urban farming. It's very cool. I can't wait to have them on the show. Just go to sungreenthumb.com and enter the promo code sell it sister and get you a free shirt with your purchase of $50 or more. Because all the cool people are wearing Sun Green Thumb shirts. That's interesting that so Brittany's built both of her houses um, and is very much an advocate for having an agent when you're building new construction. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you, you know, if you have already spoken to a builder and you also want to use an agent, that might be a little bit tough. You should right. probably contact the agent first if you do want agent adv advocacy in your build. That's so right. Brittany, why don't you like just tell us a little bit of like why having an agent in new construction is helpful for people who otherwise would probably go straight to the builder. So you can obviously always go straight to the builder and there's no, nothing wrong with that. You don't really need to involve an agent. But if you have been working with an agent, someone that you trust, who maybe had shown you other houses, then you just can't quite find what you're looking for. And you're like, you know what? I just want to build exactly what I want. But you've got this relationship with this realtor that you really trust. Go to that realtor and say, who would you use as a builder because we sell so many houses. Um, we've worked with every builder in town. And I found, find that if you have an advocate who can fight for you, if there is a problem with the new build, if there's a problem with a subcontractor, if there's a problem with, you know, just anything that's not done to the quality that you want it to be done, it really does help when the builder has a, you know, a duty almost to the realtor that, you have to kind of make sure that they're happy because That's a great way to put it. Yeah. A lot of times they're, you know, it's a one off thing. They may never build another house for you again. Sometimes people build a house and stay in it for 40 years. Sometimes they build and, you know, buy or they build another house in three years. But we as realtors, our relationship with those builders stays pretty prominent. And I feel like we have the ability to fight for you on your behalf if the builder you know, doesn't do something that you're happy with, you have us to go in and say, hey, I want to make sure that this is done correctly because I referred them to you and I will never refer you another yeah. client again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I've done That's that exactly before. It. I've I literally mean, gone in and said that before to builders. And so I think that does. Having that a little bit extra, you know, a little bit extra oomph behind you, if you will, of an agent that has a reputation I mean, that's everything. That's that's not just dealing with builders. I mean, that's dealing with everything. Like having an agent to call, you know, a producing agent to call a um, termite company that 
swears up and down, company. swears up and down. This termite company swears up and down. They treated this property, but there are still active bugs. And they're saying there's not like having, having an agent to call that company and say, hey, look, I don't care if you've treated this house already. You're going to treat it again. Right. And, you know, how many WDRs, for those of you who don't know, that's a wood-destroying insect report, and it's required for literally every single house. And so you have the – we have the uh, the choice of how many termite companies in town to choose who gets to do that insect report. That's 100 bucks. I know it's yeah. not clear, but we send that 100 bucks to these companies. So that's right. It's just um, – w- with builders, it's kind of the same way. It's like if they want to maintain their reputation – as a builder, they're probably, yeah, they want to make the client ha- happy. Don't get me wrong. They want to make the buyer happy. But sure, they but really, I think it, they, the buyer is less likely to go and tell their entire office or whatever or the case. Sphere of influence. Sphere that, of influence that they didn't have a good experience. Whereas if I say I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to tell everybody. Me too, girl. Like, that's, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, and I have. I mean, I've shown up before when termite treatments have been done and the, uh, there's still active termites. And I'm like, show up at this house at 2 o'clock or I will beat your ass. And that's true. <laughs> I've done that. And they do. So, I mean, like, because they know that, like, I'm the nicest person in the world until, you know, if you lie to me or you don't do something to the level that I think you should professionally then I'm going to call you out on it. Like, and you would too. So yeah. that's a good thing to well, have. Well, part so. of our job is to advocate for our clients. If and my protect. client is upset, I'm upset with you. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't necessarily, even if I don't necessarily think that you're upset for the the right reasons, I'm still going to be upset for you and with you. And I'm going to do everything in my power. If to, not just to make to have it right. So someone to vent with you, you know, if not right. just to have someone to listen to you, you know, when your husband's like ready to strangle you because he <laughs> thinks you're crazy because the wood is, you know, crooked or it's not painted the same color as it is here or whatever. Like even the little details, like just having someone to vent with and talk through it. But I think the biggest thing is that the clients that I have had in the past that I have shown 25 houses to that do contact a builder directly and go strictly through that builder have at some point, most of them have come back to me and said, I wish that I would have had somebody to to fight mm-hmm. for me. And it is frustrating a lot of times because I'm not saying that that happened. If you know, if your builder is your daddy or your granddaddy right. or your uncle, I'm not saying you need a realtor. I'm just saying that yeah. if you're maybe you're not local to this area and you didn't grow up knowing you know a lot of builders in town or you don't have a relationship with people in that industry like it's just good to have a realtor that knows background you know and a realtor that knows really how how a new build works too because with with financing and all that um because a lot of people don't really i mean that's new to me like i would say i probably learned about new construction and like interim financing and all that i probably learned that within the past six months to a year um and I'm still asking questions about it all the time. But it can also save you time because if you say to an agent, an experienced agent who knows these things, well, what if we just build? If I say then say to you, oh, well, yeah, maybe let's like give your lender a call and see what happens. You might be doing a lot of legwork only to find out that this is not something that you want to do. So having an agent that can say, okay, here's how this financing is going to work. Here's what this means. You're going to have more upfront costs than you would um, if you just bought outright. And, um, you know, this these are the steps basically to the closing table. You might then say that this isn't something that I want to deal with. And guess what? That just saved you some phone calls to your lender. That just saved you sending some bank statements. That just saved you pulling your credit. That just saved you all of this legwork and time just to find out that maybe this isn't the the route that you want to go that's best for your family. So um, I think that makes a big difference. And I think it's important to be educated. And that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. Which brings us to our our closing statements, I think. I mean, um, we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about why we decided to do we've been talking about doing this podcast for so very long um and i think almost two years yeah this came up in february remember chris february of uh 2018 yeah we were in the uh car and do you remember because i didn't know what a podcast was 
And you had to tell me? Is that Baton Rouge or New Orleans? Baton Rouge. We were leaving Baton Rouge, and y'all had to tell me what a podcast was, because I had no idea. And y'all were like, oh, my God, this girl is dumb. But we'll be nice and, and educate her. And we talked about it the whole way back from Baton Rouge, from our awards ceremony at uh, the REMAX yeah. Regional Awards. Yeah. Remember? So we've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Uh but yeah, we, we've been talking about it for a while. I think that one of the most intimidating things about buying a house is like starting the conversation. Mm. Um, I've had so many people that either reach out to me or I reach out to them because I saw them post something on Facebook about maybe might want to do something. And so, of course, I'll send them a message and just say, if you have any questions at all, I'm not saying you have to use me or whatever, but just like, let me know if you have questions. Um, and there's this very slow process of like, this has happened a couple of times where it's like, finally, and I know if she listens to this episode, she's going to be like, Ansley is so talking about me. But like, we <laughs> talked, we talked on Facebook for the longest time. She had my number. I didn't have hers. Like, we weren't quite at that level for her to give me her number, but I would check in with her every now and then. We had set up a couple face FaceTime. This was during the pandemic. So we'd set up, um, quarantine, not during the pandemic, during quarantine, we had set up um, a couple of FaceTime meetings that ended up having to be rescheduled on her end. I know that was because she was a little bit nervous. Like <laughs> it's, it's fine. But part of the one, one thing that is hard for a lot of people is like picking up that phone and making that phone call or sending that text or um, whatever. So this was kind of, I feel like our way of being like, let's have this conversation without even having this conversation. Like you can come and listen to us talk about this and then you can call us or call your realtor. Yeah. Because if you're, if you feel like if you're, you know, some people feel like they might be rejected, like not rejected by us, but they may not be able to qualify and then they get embarrassed. And the thing is we can educate you without you having to call and put yourself out there until you're ready, you know, and we're never going to reject you. We're never going to embarrass you. We get calls all the time from people that aren't quite ready. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be no, it just has to be not right now. And I think a lot of people get confused. Like if they're denied, they think it's over and they've got to move on. No, like we're going to help you through that process of getting to where you need to be to be able to buy because it's the American dream. We want you to be able to own your own home. I mean, that's what the purpose is for us. So that's why we're trying to educate you and make sure it's the best experience possible for you. Yeah, absolutely. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for listening. You can reach us anytime at sellitsisterpodcast at gmail.com or at brittanysheppard.com or on Twitter at Sell It Sister LA, or on Instagram at Sell It Sister. Sell it, sister.